Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm Brad Alexander, your host. Just a beggar who found bread, trying to be nice and let others know where I found it. The bread of life, Messiah Yeshua. This episode, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Props to Alice Cooper for the title on this one. Alice Cooper, whose given name is Vincent Fernier. He's carved out quite a career for himself, spanning over six decades. He's the son of a pastor, and Vincent's music took him to a dark, macabre persona. After years of sex, drugs, rock and roll, he hit bottom. I heard him discuss on the Dan Lebetard show uh, his some of his testimony, and God really got his attention. His addiction and drugs were just consuming his life. And he said he got up one day after he doesn't know how many day bender. And he looked at himself in the mirror and looking back at him, his eyes were bleeding and the blood pattern on his face was the same as the makeup pattern that he wore where on, and still wears on his stage makeup. His eyes were bleeding in that pattern. He repented. He sought treatment. And now he's got a youth ministry in Arizona. He still performs. He sees Alice as the villain in his shows. And towards the end of every concert, Alice gets executed. He then re-enters the stage decked out in a white tuxedo and top hat, symbolic of his relationship with God. On his own radio show, I heard him years ago say that he never got any tattoos, but if he ever did get a, get a tattoo, it would be a simple cross with the words, he died for me, I'll live for him. It's a little something you may not have known about Alice Cooper. But as always, it's not about the music. It's about the message. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I believe it's apparent in Scripture that when Messiah was made flesh and dwelt among us, he did not fit the expectations of many. Some thought he would be a military leader or that he would, as king of Israel, he would deliver the people from Roman occupation, asserting the dominance of Israel as a nation once more. Lots of people, lots of speculations as to what Messiah was supposed to be and do when he physically was revealed to mankind. And I think the same is true, actually, of his return. There's lots of speculation as to when he will return and exactly how it will be when he returns. I'm cautious about my assumptions and preconceived ideas. Um, even There's some things that I see in Scripture, I think this makes sense and this looks right. And but but I'm I'm cautious with those things because we see again how so much was misinterpreted uh, when when he was first manifested in the flesh here on earth. So focusing on the here and now, because I believe yes, yeah, Scripture spells out he is going to return. Absolutely, Messiah will return, and I and. While I don't know all of, you know, how all the pieces are going to fit together and all the dots are going to connect, I know he's going to return. And I know it is upon us 
It is incumbent upon us to be living the life to which we have been called by Adonai through the scriptures and to live walking as Yeshua walked, as it says in 1 John. So as for the here and now, life as we know it, as we live it at this moment, I think we actually, we need to throw caution to the wind here in following Yeshua. We need to follow him with abandon, with reckless abandon, just following him and his way, not letting things distract us, not letting people slow us down. And speaking of my own walk with Adonai, I know I know that I am prone to coddling myself, to minimizing or justifying my behaviors, my sin. It's easy to take the grace of Adonai for granted. As so often is the case when we receive something without paying for it or working for it. We can discount the cost paid and allow things to just kind of fall by the wayside, fall in disrepair if we didn't do the work for it or if we didn't pay the money for it. So please, I'm going to ask you to listen to the free ride episode if you haven't yet, because we break down the price God paid for us and the cost of discipleship. Check that episode out because there is a cost to being a disciple. And we can lean so much on the tender and mild baby in the manger, the sentimental value of the cozy, warm fuzzies that we allow ourselves to establish comfort even in our sin. Yes, he loves us and accepts us just as we are. He, he accepted me just as I was oh, some 30 years ago. He loves us and accepts us where we are, but he loves us so much. He wants us to follow his example that we would walk in his way. He wants us to stop living that way and to live his way. That's how much he loves us. He doesn't want us to just wallow in our sin and not change. In Romans 11, the Apostle Paul calls us to notice the kindness and severity of of God. Now in that in that chapter he's writing about some of the natural branches that were mo- removed from the tree and the wild branches which were grafted in declaring God in his kindness grafted into the tree gentile believers through Messiah Yeshua. But in his severity he can and will remove branches, natural or grafted in. The kindness of God is amazing, but we cannot forget the severity. In Hebrews, we read, it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Our God is a consuming fire. Yeshua said, whoever falls on the rock will be broken, but upon whom the rock falls they will be utterly crushed. Now, I'm, I'm not looking to rail against the modern church with this or, or to heap condemnation on anyone. If hearing these verses 
there is a pang of fear, I believe that's a good thing because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and it is the beginning of knowledge. And I guess in this, I'm, I'm speaking I'm speaking towards discipleship. How we individually seek to follow our rabbi, Yeshua. Not discounting his grace, of course, for we know his grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. And we are saved by grace through faith. But rather recognizing, valuing, and appreciating God's grace and the price paid for us that we walk humbly with our God and seek to honor him in word and in deed. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, Rather, I punish my body and bring it into submission so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He preaches the gospel to many, but he does not allow himself to lose his own discipline. He says he punishes his his body. He brings it into submission. Submission to what? The word of Adonai. Submitted to God. Ultimately, submitted to Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God. Often, we find a level of of discomfort, self-denial, and sacrifice with which we actually become comfortable. Okay, I've kind of given up enough here, and I'm doing this. Yeah, I made that. Yeah, mm -hmm, I'm giving this much. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a sacrifice, but okay, I'm good with it. I'm good here. Well, for some... That's, you know, taking an hour and a half or two hours out of the week to attend a church service. For others, it goes further than that. It's, you know, giving money or giving time, volunteering, using their talents, their abilities, that kind of stuff. But God doesn't need our money to do his will. He doesn't need our talents to do his will. He doesn't need our time for his will to happen. He's going to do his will. See, in all those things, our time, our money, our talents, none of it's ours. <laughs> it's it's not ours to begin with. We say that and we try and take ownership of it, but it's not ours. He says that if his people remain silent, the rocks will cry out his praise. He's going to do what he's going to do with or without us. We're invited. We're called. He would prefer us to be involved. It's his desire. We would choose to follow him and to be involved. But he'll use rocks and donkeys to get his message out if that's necessary. In truth, we bring nothing to the table No matter how rich we are, no matter how we serve, how much time we give, how talented others perceive us to be. He says, if we are willing and obedient, he will take us into the fat of the land. That's all he wants is for us to be willing and obedient in serving him with all he has provided us. And that's everything, everything in our lives, all that we have. He's given to us, and it's all his. It has 
you know, it's been brought out um, on this podcast and, and other uh, preachers, teachers as well. Yeshua's righteous indignation expressed at the temple when he runs off the money changers and he's turning over the tables, chasing them off with a whip of cords. This is found in all four Gospels, this account, Matthew 21, it's found in Mark 11, it's in Luke 19, and also in John 2, when, when Yeshua goes through the temple like that. The parallel is drawn and has been drawn that since we are now the Lord's temple, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, as Paul points out in 1 Corinthians 3. Don't you know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God, Ruach Elohim, dwells among you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. We are the temple. The temple is holy, set apart, which is how we are to live. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Paul again is writing, Or don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. See, through Paul, God is telling us, we are his temple. We have been bought with a price. The sacrifice of Yeshua HaMashiach. This being the case... We are to glorify God in our body, his temple. So how do we glorify God? By living the way he called us to in his word, the scriptures. So our righteous indignation, when we see Yeshua's righteous indignation at the temple, that righteous indignation can be translated to us and it should be directed at ourselves, the temple, cleansing our lives for we are his temple. We are to be a house of prayer, and the zeal of our Father's house should consume us. We should be consumed by doing His will, by, by the right things, by holy, set-apart things occurring in His temple, whom we are. So following this application, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 10, where we read the words of Yeshua. Therefore, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace, shalom, on earth. I did not come to bring shalom, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves the fa- loves father or mother more than me isn't worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me isn't worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me isn't worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So I believe in the same way our righteous indignation towards cleansing the temple applies towards our lives. The sword Yeshua has brought, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The sword Yeshua has brought is the willingness and obedience to his word, applying it to our lives. 
that we are willing and obedient to do that, to do what he has called us to do, to do what he did and to walk in his way. And yes, when we do this, it will absolutely cause divisions within families and with friendships who are not following Yeshua. It will happen. Those divisions will happen. Yeshua said it would. And I believe that sword first, we apply it to ourselves because that is God's word. And as we do that, and as we live the life to which we are called, it is going to cause division. In Matthew chapter 11, speaking of John the Baptist and his ministry, Yeshua says, From the days of John the Immerser until now, the kingdom of heaven is treated with violence, and the violent grasp hold of it. Now, there's, there's more to this verse in its context, but, but I believe this. I believe one thing that we can take from this, the violent grasp hold of the kingdom of heaven. We should be violent in punishing, subduing ourselves to, to put ourselves in a position to, to punish ourselves, to subdue ourselves into adherence to the word of God. Make ourselves uncomfortable. So what? It's temporary discomfort. Who cares? We have eternal glory. We have eternity to spend in comfort and glory. We need to deal with the temporary discomfort and subdue ourselves. We need to get violent. That we would violently oppose anything in our lives that does not bring glory to Adonai Elohim. Anything that is in us that is not of him, we need to get violent about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful through God. For the tearing down of strongholds, we are tearing down false arguments and every high-minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Messiah ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. We need to punish the disobedience that is within us, completing our obedience. And he has given us the weapons to do it. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist when the times are evil, and after you have done everything, to stand firm. Hallelujah. So many of us we, we want to, we're focused on it. We want to fix how others are living and we want to call out churches for they're preaching this wrong and they're doing that wrong. And the place we need to begin is with ourselves in everything. If it doesn't work at home, you can't export it. We need to identify and remove the planks from our own eyes. We need to punish all disobedience. 
remove those planks from our own eyes so then we can assist a brother or sister removing a speck from their eye, not standing back and pointing a finger about the speck that's in their eye, but helping them. And they will see more clearly. I know this. I can no longer coddle and pamper sinful attitudes and behaviors in myself. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And see, when, when I'm that way with myself, what that means is I'm going to have to discipline myself. And so it's going to affect relationships. And there can be division. But I can't, I can't love anyone more than I love my rabbi, Messiah, Yeshua. I can't love anyone more than I love him. And if I love him with all my heart, soul, and strength, I must do as he has called me to do and live as he has called me to live. There is eternal comfort in God's kingdom. I do not need, we do not need temporary comfort here on earth. Pass. Time out for it. God's temple is to be holy and set apart. And as his temple, I need to start with me. You need to start with you. I notice the kindness, hallelujah, the kindness of God as he grafts Gentiles in through Messiah Yeshua into the tree. I notice that kindness and his amazing grace through the price he paid. But I know the severity of God as well. And yes, I know his grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. I know his grace is sufficient. But I also know the price he paid. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Mine is to honor the price paid and the sacrifice made by glorifying Adonai Elohim in my body. He has taught us how to glorify him in his Torah and throughout his word. He has taught us. And now we must live the life to which we were called. I appreciate your time. I'm just a beggar. I found bread and I want others to know where I found it. And I encourage you as always, study, show yourselves approved of God. Take time, dig into his word. My brothers and sisters, no more Mr. Nice Guy. We need to, we need to break it down. We need to, to punish our bodies and punish the disobedience. And our obedience will be complete as we walk in his way. Let's follow him. And let's be lights to the world as we follow the light of the world. Messiah Yeshua. Let's go out and give him heaven.